0: Something strange happened to me yesterday, Bert. I was, no, for real. I was, I, was, I was ministering in Queens yesterday, and I had to bring a letter to the post office. So I asked this teenager on the corner. I said, can you tell me how to get to the post office? He told me, go here, there. And then I said, you should come to the service tonight. I'll, tell, I'll teach you how to get to heaven. He says, you'll teach me how to get to heaven. You don't even know how to get to the post (laughs) office. I'm staying out of Queens from now on. Forget about it. So I'm going to be reading from Isaiah 61. And the title of the message today is Beauty and the Beast. So we got some real beasts for you today and some beauties. Isaiah 61 is what the ministry of Jesus is. And here's what it says, verse 1 The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. See, that's Jesus' ministry. He doesn't come to you to tear you down. He's not out to condemn you. The Bible says he came to seek and save that which is lost. And the ministry of Jesus, New Testament ministry, is all about restoration. It's about taking broken, hurting people and restoring hope, restoring the beauty and splendor and glory of the Lord over fallen people. And I want to tell a story today from the Old Testament that, that talks about a woman who went from being a nobody. She was an orphan. And back then, being an orphan is not like today. Back, back then, it, it means you had a different place in society. People looked down on you, and she went from being an orphan to, from an orphan to being queen. And see, Queen Esther is a story, it's a true story from the Old Testament, but it's not, it's not just that. It paints a picture. Because every story in the Old Testament, it points to a New Testament reality. And Queen Esther is a picture of us. Because every one of us were brought into the world orphans in the spirit. And God, he adopts us and he raises us up. And Esther, who was an orphan, she lived in a place called Persia, which today is Iran. And and her cousin Mordecai took her in. And the king at that time, his name was King Xerxes, and he had a queen named Vashti. And he didn't like the way she responded, so he threw her out. And he said, we're going to have a search for a new queen. Now, it's not like today where you could just go out. You go hang out here and there. Oh, I'm out to meet someone. He sent out his soldiers to look for potential candidates and bring them by force into the palace. And one of those people was a young woman named Esther. Esther. Now, uh, there's something different in the book of Esther than any other book in the Bible, and here's what it is. In the book of Esther, it doesn't name the, God, the name of God even once. There's no mention of God. Now, uh, why is that? There are even people who said, well, this book of Esther, it doesn't even belong in the Bible. If it doesn't say the name of God, then why should it be in there? but it teaches us a lesson. The fact that uh, God is not mentioned in the book of Esther, it shows us that when the hand of God is not spoken, when you don't feel his presence, when it seems like he's far away, he's always at work. And there's a name for that. Let me teach you a, a fancy theological term. This will impress all your co-workers tomorrow. It's called the providence of God. What is the providence of God? It's God's unseen hand. It's his power sustaining and guiding human destiny. According to the International Standard Bible, the providence, it means the preservation, care, and government which God exercises over all things that he has created in order that they may accomplish the ends for which they were created. In other words, God has a purpose for the nations. God puts in one king, one ruler, one president, uproots them. No matter what people on the earth try to do to come against God's purpose, he's always working and in the end God's purpose will be performed. God's will will be done in the nations. And see it's not true. it's true for the nationally, it's true throughout the world. but the good news is it's also true in your life. When you don't see God working, when he seems far away, when you feel like you're going through the desert and nothing's happening, and the promise of God, it feels like it's never going to happen. The spouse God promised will never come. The financial breakthrough, it's never happening. And you can't see anything. You don't feel anything. But in the providence of God, he's always working behind the scenes. He's orchestrating your life. He is in control. If you've given your life over to Jesus, then he is Lord of your life. And everything that happens to you has Purpose behind it. You know what this means? That in God there's no coincidences. Even to the little things. Oh, I need a parking space. And just as I pull up, the other car pulls out. Oh, what a coincidence. That's not no coincidence. <laughs> Those people you just happened to meet from your past that told you about the job. God put them in your path. God is an orchestrator. He's a conductor working behind the scenes. I don't care anymore if I don't see God doing anything. If my bank account is shrinking, I've decided I'm not going to worry anymore because the hand of God is at work. It says in the Song of Solomon, Speaking about the bridegroom who, again, symbolically is Jesus, his left hand is under my head and his right hand embraces me. What's that a picture? With God's right hand, he embraces me. I see. I see what he's doing. I see the miracles. Sometimes we pray for people and they get healed. But there are other times I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know what God is doing. I'm in a mess. And what does it say? With his left hand, with his unseen hand, he's holding me up. When I can't take another step, I don't know how I'm going to do it. But the unseen hand of God is around my head, so I can't fall. You see, that's why the word says we walk by faith. We don't walk by what we see. There's an old saying they used to say in church. If if you don't see God's hand moving, then trust his heart. If I don't see him changing my job situation, if nothing's happening in my marriage, I trust the heart of God that he's working on my behalf. Here's another way of looking at it. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, that God works together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You know what that means? It doesn't matter what the devil's going to do. He can attack. He can make a mess, and God is going to bring good out of it. Not only that, I make my own mess sometimes. There are things like, how could I have said such a stupid thing? I, or that sometimes you push send. And it's, why did I do it? How do you get that back? I do things that I regret. But I've decided I'm not going to live in the place of regret anymore. Even in my own mess, God is going to bring good out of it. His purposes are going to be performed. As long as my trust is in him, as long as my heart is for him, he's always bringing good. He's bringing the beauty of the Lord out of broken lives. He's giving beauty for ashes, out of brokenness, out of abuse, out of failure, out of your mess. The beauty of the Lord. So I'm going to read now from Esther chapter 2, verse 12. This is what happens when when they brought Esther in. She was being prepared to meet with the king to see if he would choose her as a bride. And it tells us what we do in order to prepare for the king. Because this king is nothing like Jesus. He is king of kings and lord of lords. And we can meet with him. Esther 2 verse 12. Before each young woman was taken to the king's bed, she was given the prescribed 12 months of beauty treatments, six months with oil of myrrh, followed by six months with special perfumes and ointments. In order to prepare to meet the king, she had a soak for six months in the oil of myrrh. Now, if you don't know, that's a very strange thing to soak in. Because you know what they use myrrh for? For dead people. When That's why the wise men, when they came, they brought Jesus' myrrh, uh, symbolic of his death. And there was a perfume that they used to embalm dead people. Now, why would she have to soak in the oil of myrrh? Symbolically, there's a purpose for it. See, when we're in the presence of the king, in order to meet with the king, the first thing you got to do is die. See, I call this beauty and the beast. And you know what the beast is? There's a word for it in the Bible it's called the sinful nature, it's called the flesh. And without Jesus, that's who we are. Before we come to the Lord, there's a beast inside of us, and it's uncontrollable. It does what it wants. It goes here, it runs to that club, gets drunk over there, and you can't control it. The only way to control it is to kill it. you got to kill the beast. And I got it on film. How about that? Roll the film. I got, I got this right here on the film. Watch. It is you. Hey, put the lights on, I can't see nothing up here. Picture right there of what happened. Every one of us has that beast living in us. But if you're willing to die, to that old person you used to be, you will be up and made her a queen. You are royalty. You you are a child of the king. You are that, that was ugly, hateful. It's gone. And you are a reflection of the beauty of the Lord. <laughs> Verse 13. When it was time to go to the king's palace, she was given her choice of whatever clothing or jewelry she wanted to take from the harem. That evening, she was taken to the king's private rooms, and next morning, she was brought to the second harem, where the king's wives lived. There she would be under the care of Shashkas, the king's eunuch in charge of the concubines. I don't have time to go into what that means. And afterwards, I'll be in the prophetic room. But if you want to know what eunuchs and concubines mean, Pastor George, after service, will be very happy to explain it to you. Thank you, Pastor George. I, I don't like that topic too much about those eunuchs. I don't know why. That would be funny if you knew what a eunuch was. (laughs) She would never go to the king again unless he had especially enjoyed her and requested her by name. You know what that tells me? That you as children of God, the king enjoys you. Did you know that God enjoys you? Even in your immaturity, before you got it all together? Even if you forgot to pray this week, that the king, he enjoys you and he called you by name. That's what the Bible says, you didn't choose him. Yes, you had to say yes to him, but he chose you. Even before he created you, he knew you, and he chose you, and he called you by name to live in the palace. Did you know that God enjoys you, that he's not disappointed in you? He's not angry at you, according to Isaiah 54? You better stop believing that lie. E. Even in your struggles, God sees your heart. See, people judge you by the outward things. But God sees into your heart, and he sees the love that you have for him. He sees that as many times as you fall, you keep getting up, you keep coming back. Chapter 2, verse 16. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. You know what that means? You don't only have favor with God, you have favor with people. It means that God will take you from the back of the list and put you over the boss's nephew. It means that doors are going to open for you because you know the king. You have favor with God which means he is for you, but because of that, supernaturally, things are going to happen in your life to excel you, to elevate you, to promote you, to bring you to new levels. So Esther was taken to King Xerxes into his royal palace, the next, the king loved Esther more than all the other women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins. So he set the royal crown upon her head. When you think of yourself, you see yourself with a crown. You are, you are a prince. You are a princess. You need to start putting aside every voice in your head that tells you that you're nothing, you're nobody. Who do you think you are? It's God's pleasure. It's his pleasure to bless you. That's what true love is. Favor and grace with the King and there's a crown on your head. What does a crown mean? You've got authority. Nothing can stand in your way if you've got the Spirit of God in you. Stop backing up. Stop walking off the path. You keep going. Anything in front of you has got to fall because you've got the crown. See, but wherever there's a beauty... I find in this world, wherever God starts to manifest his beauty, there's always a beast. And who is the beast? The devil. And the devil is a demonic, hateful, evil spirit and he, he's on this earth trying to undo everything that God is doing on your life. He's trying to get you to walk away from God. He's trying to distract you. He's trying to make you feel like you're nothing. See, that's the work of the beast. Aren't you glad that the king is on your side, and because of that, the devil is under your feet? But the problem is, the way the devil works on earth is he uses people. I pray to God every day. I never want to be used by the enemy, by the devil, to speak something that will hurt somebody. We have to guard our hearts. But the devil raised up this man in Persia named Haman. And he was... He thought that he was God. And he said, when I come walking down the street, you bow down to me. And they did. But not Esther's cousin Mordecai. He refused to bow down because he only bows down to the king of kings. We don't worship any other god. We don't bow our knee to any idol of this earth. We worship him alone. And when Haman saw that Mordecai refused to bow down, he said, I'm going to not only kill him, I'm going to kill all of his people, the Israelites, all of God's people. And he had a plan to wipe them out. And it just so happened that there was an Israelite in the palace. What a coincidence! And Mordecai came to Esther, and he said, Will you go to the king and and plead with him on behalf of your people? Because Haman, he is plotting to kill us. He's going to wipe out your family. But it was different back then. In order to go to the king, the king had to call you first. You couldn't just walk into the king's the throne room, and say, here I am? If he didn't call you first, and he decided to, he could have your head chopped off right there. And Esther said, I can't do that. I might get killed. And you know what Mordecai told her? He said, who knows, but that God hasn't raised you up for a time such as this It says here in Acts 17:26 from one man God made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth and he determined the set times for them and the exact places where they should live. It wasn't a coincidence that a child of God was positioned right there in the palace. It's not a coincidence that you live right here in the Bronx or in the city right now in this time, because there's a purpose in your life. Isn't that what the scripture just said? In the beginning of time, God already ordained for each person where and when they should live. You think you're here because you don't have money yet to move to Puerto Rico or Florida? Everyone I know, oh, if I just had a little more money. Now, God does send people away. But while you're here, there's a purpose. There's a destiny. God has a work for every one of you. There's somebody God wants you to reach. There's a life. There's a soul. There's a work for you to do. It's not a coincidence you work where you work. God, no matter how hard it might be, there's a destiny and a purpose. And Mordecai, he went back to Esther. And you know what Esther said? She said, if I perish, I perish. If I die, I die, but I will go into the king. If he chops off my head, it's worth it to serve the true king, to serve Jesus. I'm willing to give all. I'm willing to lay it down. You see, God created this world for us to enjoy the things of this world. You should should be enjoying the food, his creation. Sometimes people tell, oh, you watch basketball? That's a waste of time. (laughs) Oh, you need to throw out your TV. You can't enjoy nothing. This world's all evil. God created it. But at the same time, I don't live for those things. Those things, there's no money. There's nothing in this world that has a hook in my heart because I'm willing to give it all for him because he's worth it. See, that's what worship is. God, I I give you all. I sacrifice all for you. God might not be calling you to die but he might be calling you to get out of your comfort zone and make a commitment. Yeah, I'll be standing with the ushers every week. I'll be in the nursery every week. I'll be here at prayer, every prayer meeting. Whatever God is calling you to, it's worth it. He is worth it. He's worth the sacrifice to give all. And I'm not going to go through the whole story, but... Haman, he built a gallows that they used to hang people, and he built it for Mordecai. And you know what happened at the end of the story? Haman himself was hung on the same gallows that he used to destroy good people. The same thing happened with Jesus. The Bible says... That if the devil knew what was going to come, he never would have crucified the king of glory. He never would have put Jesus on the cross if he knew that so many people of God would rise up and step all over him. See, the very place where where the enemy is attacking you is the place of your greatest victory. If he's coming against your marriage, there's going to be a mighty testimony in your marriage. If he's attacking your finances, God's going to hang him right on it, and you're going to prosper in every way. I brought some proof today because we have some Esther's right here in the church. So I'm going to ask first Nadia. She's going to come and she's just going to share her testimony of how every day in her walk that the beauty of the Lord is beginning to shine through.
1: Good morning. I wrote some stuff up, but I'm gonna try to speak from the heart. Um, About three or four Sundays ago, um, Miguel, I don't know if he's here, but Miguel spoke about Transformers, and I just wanted to share with you um, my story about many transformations that I went through throughout my life. Um, I'm gonna share with you the type of person that I used to be as I was growing. And I'm gonna try to make it short. (laughs) Um, I was a kid that used to like to have fun. And I used to try to make everybody laugh, my family. Um, I used to be the jokester, the clown. I had so much energy, so much positive energy and good spirits. And as an adult, I try to continue that. And um, I always told myself, even when I'm 70 70 years old, I'm always gonna have, um, I'm always gonna be a kid at heart, no matter how old I was. I always felt like I was always gonna have that energy, that good spirit in me. And that nothing, nobody, was gonna take that away from me. Uh, I had my two kids. And they became my life. So I forgot about everybody. My family, work, I just focused on my two kids. So I felt that I was a great mother. I'm like, I'm the best mother. (laughs) Cause you know, I'm taking care of my kids. I left my job, I was at home for like five years with my children until they learn how to speak. And they can tell me when somebody was doing something bad to them. So um, at that age, I kinda like, said, all right, so it's time for me to go back to work, you know, be a career woman, which is what I wanted to do. In the middle of all that, wanting to be a career woman and make money, I also um, had some talent, which was singing and dancing. And I always tried to pursue that as well. Uh, that was very difficult because I had my two children, so I focused on them and I basically put pushed that to the side. Now, I got a job. And uh, I felt that that job was so convenient for me, where uh, they gave me a good pay, the commute was very easy, very quick. It was just very convenient, the hours were flexible, so I basically focused on the job more than my kids. Um, Wanting to become an independent woman, going through a separation, so okay, it was time for me to focus on me. But um, I overdid it. I think I focused on me too much and I became selfish. I neglected my two kids wanting to work, and work, and work, and I would stay till midnight working at my job. Um, That happened for at least, I'm gonna say two to three years of me moving away from my kids and not spending time with them. So there was a time, most recently, that everything became very difficult at my job and I no longer wanted to dedicate myself to my job. And I went back to trying to be that good mother that I used to be, but it was very hard because my kids got older and they realized that mommy wasn't there the way she was supposed to be. So I was raised to go, which was Catholic church. So he takes me, I said, okay, you know, I'll pick you up and we met on a Sunday and we came here and I walked through the door and I have Pastor Ephraim and the worship team as I walked through the door and they're singing and I was like, oh my god wow I was in awe, I was like, wow so I sit down and I'm you know, listening to to them sing and all the words and it was all captivating, you know so it captivated me then um, he also told me oh, you're gonna like Pastor George, he's funny. He's gonna make you laugh. And I was like, okay, I need somebody to make me laugh right now. So everything was just perfect that Sunday. And it kept me wanting to come back, even though I was a little iffy, but I wanted to come back. So I came back again. You know, then he tells me, you know what, they do prayers in the back. So if you need a prayer, you know, maybe you should go, come on, I'll go with you. I said, all right, fine, let's go. So I went and um, I see these two young girls. I mean, there was like a row, of course, of the prayer team. And there was these two young girls. And I said, well, I don't want those two girls because they're too young. You know, like they don't, they don't, they're not going to know, you know, I'm too old. (laughs) They don't have the experience. (laughs) So I go and the girls, they tell me, um, what do you need prayer for? And I felt like I had so much going on, so much bitterness inside me. I was like such an angry person at that point. I wanted to kill everybody that came across me and try to just get in my way. And I told them, I said, I don't even know what, you know, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Pray for me. So they, they put their hands on me and they just started praying. And little by little, I'm closing my eyes and I'm just standing there and they're holding my hands and they just started praying. And then they started hitting the spot, little by little. And I'm like, how do they know this? Like they hit the spot. And right there, I just felt something. I felt something that I had not felt in years. Because I always felt that I was a very spiritual person when I was young. I used to go and sit on the toilet and read my Bible. Okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's too much info. But, <laughs> but that's what I did. You know, when I had the time, I used to go and, and read the Bible then. And I had lost all of that. I lost all that feeling. I just lost the faith Everything, I got so involved in all my situations that I forgot the type of person that I used to be, the good person that used to dance and sing and throw the parties and just do the jokes and make other people laugh, make other people happy, help people, advise people. I lost all that, I lost it. And I basically lost myself. So I come here, the girls are praying, and I was like, oh my God, like I can't believe this. I leave, this, I leave the place that Sunday and I'm telling Isaiah, Isaiah, you should've seen, oh my God, like they hit the spot. I can't believe they were saying all of that and it made me wanna come back. And I said, um, I'm gonna go one more time and see how they're gonna pray for me this time because I'm going through, going through something different now. So I wanna see. <laughs> the truth and I'm sorry for doubting but that's really the truth um but I did believe though I I did have that faith and I did believe so you know it was something that was making me come back no matter what it was whether it was the music whether it was the the prayer team but it just kept me coming back it was something that had to keep me coming back because I by myself like I said I was my own enemy I struggled on my own went back and forth and I just couldn't come to like the right decision You know, I couldn't come to, you know, the right thing to do. I was just all over the place. So there was something. God was working his magic somehow because it was something that was making me continue to come here. So I came back for prayer, and um, Pastor George said something about, you know, come forward, and whoever needs prayer, come forward. I said, okay, I'm going to go forward. I go forward and again hit the spot. They talked about my family. They talked about my children. And I'm like, how do they know this? I'm going through it at that very moment. Specifically on that day, I was going through something with my son again. And um, I said, oh my God. Um, Gretchen, I don't know where she's at. Gretchen was the one person that prayed for me. And she literally spoke on something that was the most important thing to me, which was family my children um, I didn't have I didn't have that um, for some reason I didn't know how to speak to my children I didn't know how to speak to my boy and Gretchen prayed for that without me telling her anything I didn't tell her nothing nothing about my life and she prayed specifically for that God show her how to speak to her children you know give her the right words to speak to her children. I was say, oh, my God. And I remembered that. You know, I remembered that when I went home. And one day, I went to my car after that prayer. And in my car, I prayed out loud, out loud. I said, God, please help me, you know, help me with my son because I cannot have this relationship with my kids. This is not the way I want to have it. You know, I, I know there's a lot of better things that I want to do. And I prayed so hard, and I said, please, God, change his heart. Put something in his mind. Just let him know that I want to be there right now, that it's not going to be the same as what I did before. And I'm not playing. I'm not kidding. That same day, I come back from work, and I'm sitting in front of the computer desk. I didn't even bother to go to my son because I always felt like he was going to reject me. So I didn't even bother to go to him. I just sat down in front of the computer desk, and my son comes. He comes to me, and he tells me, Mommy, you wanna go to the movies today? And I'm like, what? I just looked at him and I said, what? he said, yeah, let's go to the movies today. Oh yeah, come on, let's go. You know, I didn't even waste no time, I was tired, I came from work, I didn't give a damn. I was like, let's go. You know? And um, I took my son to the movies, you know, so, That was like an opening for me, I think, you know, and um, I'm taking advantage of that. So I took Gretchen's prayer, and I thought about how I should speak to my son and just be a little bit more patient and understanding. And um, I think that my life is changing now, and it starts with that, because it really is the most important thing is your family and your children. When you are a mother, the children is the most important thing. Um, Obviously, God is the most important thing, but, you know, God made you a mother for a reason. He made me a mother for a reason. Um, So that was an opening for me, and I felt like that's a good thing. So what's next? You know, I know there's more good things coming you know, my way, because to me, that was unbelievable the way it happened as soon as I prayed. And then it was like a few hours later, I come home and then my son wants his mother and I'm like, Oh my God, you know, it's like a miracle. Um, so that's one of my testimonies. I mean, I, I have a lot, but I'm not going to get into it right now, but I do have a lot. And hopefully Pastor Gary gives me more chances to share them with you. um, I do have to say that the Sanctuary Fellowship has definitely helped me a lot with all the words, Pastor George, Pastor Ephraim. Um, I brought some friends and they say the same thing, they love coming to church. This place gives them a lot of faith, a lot of courage, a lot of hope, and um, it just reminds us that there is a God and we have to believe and have faith. So that's my testimony for today. Thank you.
0: Wow, that's good preaching right there. You see how God supernaturally, behind the scenes, cares about your family. He cares about your son. He cares about going to the movies. He cares about every aspect of your life. And if you trust in him, that he'll begin to turn the situation around. So before we close, I have one more Esther to bring up. So I'm gonna ask Yami Let. This is a supernatural Esther story of God raising her out of the ashes and putting her into the place of victory.
2: Thank you, Jesus, for that. Amen. Okay. I mean, I know there's people that don't know my story. I know there's people that do know my story. Um, I love you all to yourself. And I definitely don't believe in coincidences. Because I don't believe past, uh, I was coming on my way to New York from Florida, which is where I live now. And in the airport, I, I get a text from my cousin, says, oh, Pastor Gary posted that he's at this airport. Now, I didn't let no one come in. No, I was coming to Florida. And it was really unexpected, last minute trip. So get to the airport, and I, my cousin tells me, oh, Pastor Gar- Gary posted that he's there. So I said, oh, okay, I'll keep my eyes open to see if I see him. And when I'm looking up like that, his wife, Norma, is walking towards me. So we were on the same flight. Same rows, pretty much, just a couple of seats away from each other. And that was definitely a blessing for me right there. I knew that God had a plan. I didn't know how I, didn't know I was going to be here until this morning. Actually, up here. Um, so... I went out for lunch with them, and we spent some time together, and I'm glad to be here. But um, definitely, I'm here to talk a little bit about you know, where, where I, what I've been through and where I am today, and the why. The why is because no matter what I've been through, I lift my hands onto the hills. I lift my hands onto the God. No matter how hard it's been, no matter how many tears I've shed, no matter how many darts I've been thrown at, because I've been thrown darts to, I've been hit hard. I've fallen, but I tell you, down there is where I praise him harder. I thank him harder. I just say, Lord, you brought me with a purpose, and what is it? And let me tell you, I didn't grow up knowing this. I came to learn this here, like fully understand it, fully know that God is is a loving God, that God is not a judging God, that God doesn't look at you for what you wear, that God, you know, that everybody could relate to what I'm saying. Anyway, I lost my son two years ago. He was murdered. Um, A lot of people know the story. Um, From there, about six months later, I moved out of New York City. Didn't plan to like that. It all happened just by God's plans because he is always moving behind the scenes. Um, his provision through the loss of my son. I mean, I'm talking about I didn't have anything. And everybody knows, and he's been my provider. He's my provider every day, every moment, every day, every moment, okay? Um, He has placed me, God has placed me in a different place in my life. You know, he gives us testimonies. He gives us big situations like losing a son you know, then after losing a son, I had to see my mom go to prison about a year later. And that was even harder for me than what I had just been through for some reason. I'm not saying it wasn't hard losing my son, but it was hard for me to see my mom go to prison Six about a year later. And then God had moved me to Florida where my mom lives. But he moved me to Florida where my mom lives because probably if I would have not been there the situation would not come out the way it has come out, you know, where I was able to support my mom, help my mom, help my family, of course, no matter how much I was going through, no matter what situation I was going through, I had to step back and say, God, what do you want me to do? I can't do this. And I really tell you guys, I couldn't do it. I could not do it. It was the most hardest thing to go through, all coming together. So, the Lord had placed me there. but He placed me there to be that, that light, that encouragement, you know, to help the situation come through. And not that. I was like, God, how am I going to do this one? You know? But the Lord, behind the scenes, he opened every door, every door once again for me. Like, oh, like, he couldn't, like, I couldn't even. Figure it out. Like, how is this going to happen? How is she going to come through this? Like, how are we going to get thousands of dollars to pay a lawyer? Where here in New York, you get a lot of help. Florida, it's a little harder. And, you know, God is going to use whoever He wants to use. He is going to put in front of you people that you would never even think. He's going to use the person that you least expect to do the, the to get you what you need. As long as you're trusting in him. My kids are big. My other two boys are big. You know, I lost my son. And, of course, it's something that we all know. But the Lord has given me a peace to understand that as long as you trust him and you believe him, you know, he just keeps on bringing us forward and forward. And and sometimes the harder the situation gets for us, like, when you lose a son, when you lose your mom, when you, drop, when you go to a new place and you got to start new, and you got to meet new people, and you got to try to be friendly and not know what people thinking about you, and, and I mean, just situations, like situations. He'll bring us out of that comfort. He took me out of New York City, where I know everybody, even my friends, I have my family, I love everybody. He said, I'm going to put you over here. I don't even know who my neighbors are out there. I really don't, because it's a different world. different living but you know he's been my provider i'm comfortable i have what i need i have my kids they're doing good in school and i'm meeting new people and sharing my testimony with new people you know it's like he restores me every day he gives me that hope and that strength to do it every day over and over again and i'm not gonna tell anybody it's an easy step it's not easy just wake up. It's not easy sometimes, but we got to trust and know that he He would never leave us. He would never forsake us. He will always give us that strength that we need as long as we seek him. And I mean, I probably have a bunch of other stories I could share. I could share how I didn't know God when I was growing up and how I was physically abused before, like just a bunch of stories. But when God took my life, he started showing me that he made me for his glory. He didn't make me. Me for me, like he made me for the things he wants me to be better at, not where I think I want to be better at. And it's like that. I I've been working in the retail industry for about 14 years, about, and I get to experience people every day. But you know, I didn't get educated. I didn't finish school. There's a lot, a lot of things that I didn't do. But you know, God has placed me now, and that's my focus. He's focused me out of. Everything I've been going through, and now it's time to get you going. Get Yamile educated. Get her to keep on going forward. Why? To help other people. So I'm just thankful, and I thank God, and I thank, and whoever doesn't know, or trust, or believe,
0: believe and trust. Amen. So this is how I want to close today. And if anyone, you want prayer, you want ministry, right afterwards, we'll be in the room back there. We'll, if you need prayer, we'll give you prophetic words. Just, just as Nadia was talking about, right on, spot on hearing from the Lord. That was a good commercial for the prophetic team. <laughs> but I, I asked Yami Let to pray. If you're in a hard situation, If you're in an impossible situation, if you're going through difficulties, I'm going to ask you to stand right now and and Yami, we're going to close. Yami Let's going to release a prayer over you. Because if God did it for her, out of her son's death, where she was broken, and God has released beauty in her life, she has become a woman of grace. Out of the tragedy, God has raised her up to be a true Esther, a woman of maturity, a woman of faith, a woman who will not give up. Do you wanna see a hero in the faith? You wanna see what a mighty warrior looks like? This is what a warrior is right here. And I'm gonna ask you, just to release that breakthrough right now over God's people. See, there are people here, Yamilet, they're struggling too. They're walking, some people are walking through the fire. Some people are down in the pit, but God is working behind the scenes. He's putting things together. He put a son and a daughter back together. He restored Nadia's joy and he restored a broken family. And what a coincidence that she just happened to be in Florida when her mother needed her the most. What a coincidence. God is working in your life, and I showed you proof today. And this is our closing prayer, Yami Let's just going to pray over you. And what God's done for her, he's going to do it for you. He's going to provide for your needs. He's going to heal your family. He's going to lead you and guide you in new paths and raise you up as royalty. And I encourage if you
2: are going through those hard, hard situations, this was my favorite place of worship, right there. Why? Because I was healed from both ankles standing right there without asking anyone for prayer. And I remember feeling that all by myself right there. And I said, you know what, Lord? If you're my God and you're so real, I'm going to stand up here. And I got my two heels, like my, knee, my heels, they were really going, I was really going through a lot of pain. And I remember to say, Lord, if you're so real, my life this is before I was going through all these hardships and he healed me to this day I mean you better you use the things that you need to use I don't get those heel spur pains I used to get but I know it was my God who healed me standing right there so I encourage you anyone here today that's going through that hard time you know don't give up don't lose the faith it's not easy but with him all things are possible Heavenly Father, Lord God, we praise you and we thank you, Lord, for the God who you are. There is none like you, my God. Father, I pray, Father God, that you restore these homes here today, Father God. I would pray that every financial situation is met here today, Father God. But I pray the most that they will trust you with all their heart, Lord God, Father God. Because you are a God that never changes, my God. You're always faithful, Lord God. We change. But I pray here today, Lord God, that they will see that that they would trust, Lord God. Trust and know the walk ain't easy, Father God, but I pray that each and every home here is restored today, Lord God, that their finances are met. Father God, that whatever the situation is, no matter how dark it looks, Father God, that they would understand that you're behind the scenes when they you're present. They felt, Lord, because I've been there where I don't even see your hand moving. Father God, you have broken me free. Father God, and I pray that freedom today over everyone here today, Lord God, Heavenly Father. I just praise you. I pray that every situation, everyone that comes through a loss, Father God, that you would give them the peace that surpasses all understanding, my Father, Father, that you would fill their hearts to trust. And know that there is no one like you, my God. I pray that if anyone is going through a challenge right now, that they don't see it coming, Lord God, that it will be broken, Father God, because all things are broken through you, my Father. So in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just pray freedom. I pray connections, Father. I pray testimonies. I pray that as whoever is going through that hardship right here, right now, that... That situation that is not gonna come, that they don't just see it. Like I didn't see my mom's situation come to pass. I didn't see the I, I couldn't see it. But Father, when I said, Lord, I'm gonna trust you, I trusted you once again in my life. And you broke and brought me forward through all that. And I just pray that liberty right now, that freedom, that trusting, that believing, that people will see that. God is not a God to lie but to encourage us. God is not a God to leave us on the side and just, you know, not pamper us. God is a loving God and when we dedicate our hearts to him, all things are gonna come. All things are possible and that's my prayer for each and every one here today. I pray that you all come close to the heart of God and you all trust the Father because he is the only one that will break each and every one free, no matter how hard it looks and Lord, That is my prayer today over each and everyone here today. Father God, I pray for those who don't know you today, Lord God. If there is no someone here that doesn't know the Lord and wants to give that opportunity in their life, lift your hand up and we'll get you started because Jesus is the way. So Heavenly Father, for those who are here and it's their first time or their second time or you've been to church before, I just pray, Lord God, that they would accept you into their heart and say, Lord, I just pray for your forgiveness, Lord God. I pray that you forgive me for my sins and I accept you into my heart and that you will be part of my life from here on. And know that the walk will not be easy, but our God will be right there with you. So thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen.
0: amen so be blessed we'll see you wednesday night for prayer if you need to pay for the trip norm will be in the back and if the prophetic team could hurry up to come and help me in the back here if you want a word from the lord we'll be happy to pray and minister to you